Welcome to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that people and culture don't want to talk about. That'll scare you. I think I messed that up a little bit. That's all right. We pay you so much. I, I just don't know that we'll fire you for that. I was like, we haven't messed this up in a really long time. Congratulations. It's amazing. So today we've got a great show lined up for our listeners. It is the anniversary of of the invasion of Normandy, 1944, June 6th, was when it was the beginning of the end of World War II, what many historians like to call it. We stormed five beaches um, during World War II to begin the the uh, the overtaking of the Axis powers and Germany's reign in, in Europe there. And so we, we stormed these beaches, and we had five beaches, the British and the Canadians, um, they, they captured beaches codenamed Gold Beach, Juno Beach, and Sword Beach. And then the Americans also took a beach called Utah on June 6th, 1944. But there was one beach that had heavy, heavy resistance called Omaha Beach. And there were over 2,000 American casualties that died that 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 day um, trying to take Omaha Beach. Altogether, we lost about 4,000 Allied troops, um, and many more were wounded or missing um, on on D-Day, but, but 2000 specifically at Omaha beach. And, and so what we, we actually got connected with, um, uh, two guys, uh, from out West who have a podcast called the warrior next door podcast, and they interview, uh, veterans and they keep the, the mission and the, the vision and the memories alive of what we've accomplished and where we're heading, what we're doing in the future, what, but what we've overcome throughout the decades and the generations as Americans, which is really, really important. If you forget where you came from, you'll never know where you're going. And so they just find veterans and they interview them. And so I had the pleasure of of doing a, a phone interview with them and they're going to uh, talk about their podcast a little bit, but then they're going to play uh, a testimony from one of one of the guys who was one of the first boots on the ground at Omaha beach, uh, the bloody invasion uh, of Normandy. And this guy I think is in his late nineties now, but they interviewed him not, I think it was just a few months ago that they interviewed him. And it's a powerful testimony of what so many people have sacrificed so that we can have liberty and freedom for generations to come. Hey, but before we jump into that, we've got a quick word and then we'll get into this amazing interview that you will not want to miss right after this. This is Nathan from Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and I'm talking to all of those of you who have a friend that you know is offended about everything. Listen, help them to come out of the bondage that they're in. Like us, share us, or subscribe, Jesus, Sex, and Politics, because when you do, you might help free somebody from the terrible, terrible tyranny of the mind. Hey, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Norick Law Offices. Norick Law Offices specialize in family and criminal law, as well as probate, civil, litigation, and small estates. Norick Law Offices was founded by Scott Norick in 2003 and handed down to Devin Norick in 2021 upon Scott Norick becoming an elected Madison County Circuit Court 5 judge. Norick Law Office is located in Madison County in Anderson, Indiana. They've been in business for almost 20 years serving Central Indiana, including Hamilton, Tipton, Henry, and Madison County. If you need affordable and aggressive legal representation, give them a call. We know the Norick family personally. We highly recommend them. Give them a call 
call today at 765-642-2080. That's 765-642-2080. Or you can check them out online at norricklawoffices.com. That's N-O-R-R-I-C-K, norricklawoffices.com. Welcome back to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. We've got some special guests who are technically not in the studio today. One is in Oklahoma and the other one's in Colorado right now. So we're technically in three different time zones, but that is <laughs> that is modern technology at its finest. So I've got the guys that host the Warrior Next Door podcast, Tony Lupo and, and Ryan uh, Fairfield. Guys, hey, thanks, for jo- thanks for joining us today. Yeah, uh, thank is, you for having great. us on. Oh, yeah. Hey, tell us a little bit about your podcast, what you guys do, and the heart behind uh, what you've been kind of trying to get the word out. So, you know, our podcast um, basically deals with, uh, you know, the firsthand accounts from veterans. You know, Tony and I have been interviewing veterans for the Veterans History Project as volunteers since about 2003. And we started off interviewing uh, primarily World War II veterans because there was a sense of urgency in getting their stories, you know, captured. And, you know, in all in all, um, we've done about 200 interviews and that's actually continuing to grow. Now that we started the podcast, we've been getting more uh, interviews and everything. But we decided that we were going to about a year ago, um, almost exactly. We decided that we wanted to do something a bit more than just send the interviews into Library of Congress and, you know, have them archived. We wanted to see if we could get them, you know, out in front of people in a way you know, especially in this new media market in a way that would maybe be more enthralling and more, um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, um, interesting for people to listen to and, and to learn from. So Tony. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider our podcast, the warrior next door to be more like the punk rock of oral history podcasting. Right. This isn't some. This He's isn't the some. Punk. I'm not. Okay. Totally. I mean, this. this what we're what we're doing is is really organic. This isn't some overproduced Pepsi halftime show. We do everything ourselves, from the bumper music, to connecting with the veterans, to interviewing them, to sending them to Library of Congress be archived, and then featuring these veterans by pulling select clips out in a way that we hope is unpretentious and conversational and educationally and hopefully entertaining. And that's all we want to do is we want to act as a proxy for these veterans who we've gotten to know through interviewing them since 2003. And we want to be able to share the stories that they're not around to share anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. I love the heart behind this, guys, because if you may not know this, or maybe you do, but one of the one of the things God often tells his children all throughout scripture is to set up memorials and monuments to remember the past to remember what happened in history to know what God did for the people to know the heroic uh, faith that that the generations before us went uh, on to mm-hmm. to stand up and fight for freedom and liberty on behalf of God's people and I think one of the things we saw especially over 2020 and 2021 is there's this undermining of American history there's there's this move right now to to make us forget how great our nation 
is because of the people that went before us and fought these incredible battles for liberty and freedom for not just us, but really for the world, if you think about it. I mean, you, you talk specifically about World War II, but uh, that was that was liberating the entire globe from from authoritarian from authoritarian leaders and dictators around the globe. So I, I love what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. Why don't you tell me a little bit of some of the you know some of the stories that stick out to you as you've been doing this for uh, you know uh, a, a while now? Like what what makes your heart like jump out of its chest? What are some of those stories that have been told to you where you're saying, "Wow, we have got to tell the world about this." Well, here's a nice segue. Let's talk about what you just mentioned, which is how, uh, you know, the Bible talks us talks to us about understanding history. The Bible is a historical document. It's also a guidebook and a, a way for us to apply morals through ethics. Um, well, we interviewed a, a, a lady recently in the Oklahoma City area, or the Tulsa area, I should say, who was a member of the Hitler Youth. As a young girl, as 10 years old, she started to get indoctrinated into that program. And she said to us that the things like the math classes and geography, none of that changed, but the history classes changed significantly. And so um, what you just mentioned about the importance of history and understanding it was a big deal because she was a very precocious child and she read a lot. You know, she she could challenge certain things or never be fully indoctrinated by the things that were being said. So it, it it's a common theme for the vets that we interview. The reason that they oftentimes allow us to interview them when they've never talked about it before while they're in their twilight years is they see this shift in how history is presented, especially during this time period, and they want to tell their stories and have us share it. And that's one of the things we're doing. So So there's a story right there that we get. Uh, and her, her name is Marta Strock, and we'll feature her later this fall, about what it was like growing up in Nazi-occupied uh, Germany. Wow. Wow, that, that's incredible. I, I, I'm going to have to listen to that one because, um, you know, it's, it's amazing what Hitler did to basically get an entire nation under his spell. And I think he knew that getting the, young, the next generation uh, basically indoctrinated with his, his wicked, you know, mindset and... and uh, and ideology was was the path to longevity and and you know being able to rule the world as he as he tried to do so you know uh, and they and they they so effectively used the tool of fear to mm. to just pound that home because with Marta she described how uh, one day they had a very nice traditional teacher there. They'd say prayers every day and, and everything, and they'd open up the class. And then one day they got the official Nazi teacher that came in. The, their previous teacher was gone, and they had this new teacher. And it was all about Nazism and country, and you know, um, and and you know, essentially teaching a whole new history. And she would go home and she talked to her dad about it. She'd say, Dad, this is what they're teaching me. And he said, that is, that is not, that's not true. There's nothing tr true about this. It was all revisionist. And, yeah. um, and, and they had to be careful. She was instructed not to push back too much, not to ask too many questions, because they might find themselves in one of those 40 by 8 boxcars if they wow. asked too many questions or appeared to not be um, going along with it. And so, you know, a lot of times I think we fault the German populace for what happened with the Holocaust, but there was a lot 
of fear going on there. And the regular everyday people were just trying to survive and keep their families together. And unfortunately, it was at the cost of a much bigger price than I think was fully being appreciated at the time. Wow. Well, and something we also brought to the table, Micah, is we have um, a two-minute clip that we think is very timely. It has to do with a veteran we just featured who's from the Oklahoma area. Uh, his name is Bill Parker. Uh, Ryan and I will actually be uh, meeting with him and his, uh, his people, his entourage, in France uh, over D-Day during June, June 6th because he landed Omaha Beach. You asked about some of the stories. Well, you know, in a week or two, we're going to be celebrating the, the anniversary of the D-Day landings, which effectively spiked uh, World War II. It, it allowed the Allies to overcome in a very an unambiguous way uh, the, the, the Hitler juggernaut. And so we thought we'd just play a little clip for you and if you wanted to listen to it and hear kind of a sample of some of the stories that they've shared with us. That'd be amazing. Yes, please. Okay, so, so this is uh, Tech Sergeant Bill Parker. As we mentioned, he was in the 116th Infantry Regiment. He landed at the very beginning of the invasion. He was the first, he calls himself the first boot on bloody Omaha Beach. And he was the front of his landing craft. He was a wire cutter. And this is his, uh, his account. It's a couple minutes long, but um, it's uh, great to listen to right now. Here we go. We got off in water about waist deep. We had a big pack on our back, plus our M1 rifles, a few hand grenades. We had two mangaliers of torpedo of shells around us, plus the ones in our belt. So we was pretty well loaded. And we had to go across that water. We couldn't go back. There wasn't nothing behind us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we had to go forward. And I went across the beach with a machine gun hitting the ground three foot in front of me, just knocking up sand. And I couldn't, couldn't stop, couldn't get any faster. He never did raise it high enough to hit me. Ah. I got up to the shore then, and shooting machine guns was in those pillboxes, and we didn't have anything to knock them out with. Just an M1 rifle and a hand grenade. We threw our hand grenades at that hole, but we didn't knock them out. Anyway, why? We had the Germans on the banks pretty well whipped. We were we was pushing them back anyway. We was uh, holding our own, mm -hmm. doing lots of shooting. But I heard later then that the man over the battleships said he had uh, orders to shoot way over our heads, not close to us at all. <clears throat> but uh, seeing we was hung up, he ordered the battleships in close to shore, lowered their big guns, and he shot about six, seven feet, eight over our heads, knocked them pillboxes out, and he turned us loose. I give the Navy credit for saving the invasion. 
Wow, that, that was an amazing testimony, uh, one that I'm sure our listeners have never really gotten to hear before. And so, yeah, I mean, Ryan, tell me what was going through your mind when, when he, uh, when he was, was telling you his experience. Well, you know, what's amazing about Bill's story is Bill is still with us. He's 97 years old. Uh, that interview was done just this past November 2021. Um, he still considers himself a cowboy. He rides horses. He ropes calves. He breaks horses. Um, and then with that story, you know, he describes running across the beach, first one off his landing craft, running across the beach, machine gun bullets were hitting three feet in front of him. And he said all they had to do was lift it up and a little bit higher and they would have got him. But for whatever reason, um, you know, divine providence, what, what have you, he ran across the beach as fast as he could. And I, he said, he said, I couldn't run any faster because he had a bunch of gear on and he couldn't run any slower because he was being shot at. They got to the other side, they cut the wire. Um, and then they had to, then he was supposed to bring, what he doesn't mention is he was supposed to bring the guys from his landing craft through after he cut the wire, well, he turned around and there was no one behind him. Yeah. All of the men on his landing craft, the other 30 some odd guys that were behind him on his landing craft, never made it off the landing craft. After he exited, wow. the landing wow. craft was destroyed. And wow. in fact, the, the regiment, the 116th, part of the 29th Infantry Division that he landed with suffered the heaviest casualties on Omaha. And um, by the time they had secured a beachhead, uh, so a regiment has around a thousand men, a thousand soldiers, uh, about 40% of those soldiers were killed and wounded in the first day. The very first day. The very wow. first day. And just yeah. to, for the audience to know, when a, a, a unit loses 20 to 30% of their, of, their, of their men and women, in this case men, nowadays it's, uh, it's, uh, men, it's you have female combatants as well, but when they lose 25% of their personnel, they start to deteriorate. They start to lose com combat effectiveness. By 30 or 40%, it, it's really hard to act as a cohesive unit. And that's, that's what happened to them. They had to take on a bunch of replacements. And by the time the war ended, um, there were about 200% casualty rate, meaning that those 1,000 men had been, now not all of them died or wounded, Right. Some of the men got wounded and came back. Some got wounded twice. But the bottom line is out of those thousand men, you, you would have had turnover twice during the course of the war, which is which is really high. I think that the general over the division was said to actually have commanded three divisions in the 29th Infantry, which the 116th was part of, uh, won the battlefield, one in the cemetery and one in the hospital. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it, 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 it goes to show you the the courage of that generation. And and I look at where we're at today, and I I think would our current generation have the courage to do what we saw the greatest generation do? And and I mean, when you go back through the last two years, and when you see how COVID has literally scared people into like not living. I mean, even those who 
are completely like safe. Their 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 odds of dying. You're, they're more likely to die from a lightning strike than to die from COVID. People mm-hmm. have been utterly paralyzed by fear of this virus. And I'm not I'm not downplaying the virus by any means. It's, it is sure. a real virus, and it and it certainly it can kill. But so can a lot of other things in life. And so we look at. Yeah, so can the flu. So can a you know pneumonia. I mean, it's you know a, a snake bite. I mean, there's so many things in a, a car accident. I mean, we yep. we have a funeral t- tomorrow of a young man who uh, is he was he was killed on his motorcycle a week ago in in our church and and it's just it, this idea that we can live forever and the moment that the idea that death could come into our purview just cripples us into submission is not what the greatest generation did. They did the exact opposite. They ran into the danger and they liberated the world. And I, I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal. And I just want to commend you, continue to tell these stories because our my generation, millennials, the Gen Zers, the people underneath uh, coming up, they need to hear what it's like to have courage in the face of evil. And because we live in an evil world. I mean, what the shooting that we just saw in Texas, the shooting we saw in Buffalo, there is evil in this world. The only way to confront evil is to stand up and to fight it. And, uh, but you have to have courage to do it. And and that's in the Bible, Micah, right? Basically, if I can paraphrase the Bible, especially the old Testament is sometimes when evil people do evil things, the only thing that stops evil is to punch them in the face. That's right. I love that. It's <laughs> a, a great paraphrase. I, you should like the, like the message 2.0. So I mean, uh, that, yeah. I mean that that that's really it. And a lot of the guys that we interview are deeply religious, and when they yeah. get you know confronted by certain people about what it feel like to kill individuals and to partake in that. You know that that's their response is sometimes sometimes we're forced to do this in order to have evil in check and the other thing that ryan and i are always amazed at is we'll hear these men and women tell us about an amazingly traumatic event in their lives there's one veteran who it was nighttime he got a bunch of replacements he didn't even get a chance to see this replacement you could tell he was just like a kid he said stay in the foxhole it was i'll be bill. back in a little bit and bill parker's the one who who yeah. experienced it bill comes back a few hours later and the kid is is dead and his head was blown off and he, uh, he never even from an saw artillery it. shell yeah with an artillery shell he couldn't even he never even saw his face and that really choked up and i don't know how these guys can can experience that and then come back here and care about, you know, that their 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 tags are expired on their car. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. so trivial. So that's the mm-hmm. other thing that I think that this says about the human condition is how resilient humans can be. Well, and I think going going back to a lot of these men and women who had to fight in World War II, I think you run the faith. I mean, faith is your anchor. And when you know that this world is not the last thing that you will see, when you know there's a God and He loves you and He has made a way for you through His Son Jesus. You know what? You know what are you going to do? Kill me? You're going to threaten me with heaven? Like you know? I mean, I think when you have that, when you have that mindset, you're able to stand up to evil because the worst evil can do is to kill your earthly body. But the Bible says to fear the one who can not only destroy your earthly body but also your spiritual body, and that's talking about the Lord. And and obviously God doesn't want to do that. But you know what I love about the Lord is He's a warrior. In Exodus 15, 3, he says, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. And these men, these stories of he- heroism that you that you guys are, 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 are telling to the world, 
they're, they're modeling the character of this amazing God that we serve, whether they know That's it or true. not. When they, when they run into battle, they're being like the shepherd. The good shepherd is a fighter. He's not just cuddling the sheep. He's killing the wolf. He's yeah. killing the thief. Mm -hmm. He's going after the things that are going to hurt those that he loves. And so, I mean, war isn't God's, it wasn't God's design, but he has ordained it. And he is, he is a warrior. He will fight for what he loves. And I think, you know, we have to take on that same, that same model, especially as men in our culture. Mm -hmm. we, it, God's calling us to stand up and to fight for what we value and what we love. And when evil rears its ugly head, we need to go out and kill it and, and, and flat out just, just end it. And that's, I, unfortunately, I feel like our generations now, they don't think that way. They think run away, hide, self-preservation and, and well, I, I yeah. mean, as we saw with the outset of World War II, uh, you know, pacifism um, only goes so far. You know, you have to have a, a, a honest party involved that will honor the agreements. Yeah. And we saw that Hitler did not honor the agreements. No. He Neville, struck a Neville, deal with, Neville Chamberlain uh, taught us that one. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and he struck a deal with Russia to never yeah. uh, never attack Russia. And then what did he do? He turned around and attacked Russia. Yeah. So, you know, what do you do when 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 you don't have a, uh, a you know a willing party to adhere to these deals that are being struck by yeah. by good men to keep the peace? Mm -hmm. Well, there comes a time where you have to fight. Yeah, and, and I'll add one more thing to that. One of the veterans we interviewed said that you know courage is courage. That part of it has to do with these these feats that men have to endure uh, when they're in the middle of combat. But he said the hardest type of courage for him was the day-to-day -day courage and all the little decisions, all the ethical conundrums that we face, that we have to make a choice that's right or wrong. And he said that those are just as powerful and can have just as much of an effect on someone's life as what happened when someone's in combat. Amazing. Amazing. Well, guys, mm -hmm. I appreciate all you're doing. And again, if you uh, uh, want to check out their podcast, it's the Warrior Next Door podcast. Guys, can they find uh, can people find you on all the podcast platforms? Yes, we're on all the major podcast directories, um, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all of those. Basically, you do a search for us on your your platform of choice and you will find us out there. Um, we also um, we do have a website. It's kind of rudimentary, but it has all of our episodes listed, just the warriornextdoor.com, and you'll see all of our, our episodes listed there. Um, we've got great stuff going on right now as far as the stories. Each of these interviews were done by us, and, um, you know, they're, they're very compelling, you know, firsthand accounts. Go totally. Ahead, and so, Mike, I really appreciate you having us on your podcast. Uh, I love the work that you're doing. Ryan explained it to me. Yeah. Yep. It's it's edgy. I love it. Thank you. We're very grateful for, for you having us on your podcast today. This is fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. It's been an honor and blessings on, on your future endeavors and keep spreading the good word. And uh, together, I, I really believe we can see America turn back to having men and women who are courageous in the battles that we find ourselves in. So uh, thanks, guys. All right. Thank All right, you, Micah. Care. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by the amazing testimony of uh, the Warriors Next Door podcast and uh, that that awesome uh, account of what it was really like from someone who was actually one of the first guys to step down on uh, on Omaha Beach to fight for our liberties and freedoms, uh, not just here at home, but across the, uh, across the globe. So if this is your first time uh, listening to Jesus, Sex, and Politics, hey, give us a like, share it, tell your friends about it. We want to get the word 
nerd out about what what it means to stand for liberty and freedom and the duty that we all have to carry that beacon of hope for the next generation. And um, so we we thank you for uh, listening today. And if you're a hey, because it's a D Day anniversary, find a veteran and give him a big high five and a thank you and a hug and and just give him your uh, sincere thanks for what they do to keep us safe every single day here in this great land. So hey, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.